It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Hi everybody, Russ and my Hammers 11, hope you're safe and well, hope you enjoyed your summer, those two days, that's it now, um, by the looks of it, thank god I was sweating buckets, hope everybody, yeah, me and you, same James, um, hope everyone is safe and well on YouTube channel, please consider subscribing, keep there, you know, obviously we're keeping going during uh, this weird off season, um, and uh, every day we'll be having, obviously interviews going up. Um, with fans and guests and, and players and, and whoever we can basically get on. Um, today's guest, uh, a veteran at West Ham, 20 seasons he's been at the club, um, being the uh, audio descriptor, audio describer to all the all the deaf, all the blind, not deaf people, what were they? all the blind fans at West Common Ham. Mistake. Mistake. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> at West Ham, it's Jane Datsun. How are you doing, James? Yeah, hi, Russ. Very well, thank you. Uh, glad to be here. Love the channel. I think it's been Thank an absolute uh, pleasure. And I think not just for West Ham fans, I think it's a really good idea. You had all those sort of months ago at the start of lockdown and that and how it's developed. It's... Uh it's been very good. But yeah, I'm well. I'm well, thank yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Thank you very much. Now, it's funny as well, because a lot of my friends who are not West Ham fans subscribe to the channel and comment on it because I don't because they haven't got that. Do you know what I mean? We, we, I, we, we think we always think, you know, that West Ham family and the West Ham fan base are unique. And I think it's even more so because, you know, my friends who are Tottenham fans and Arsenal fans, they go, we watch it because... We haven't mm. got nothing like that. And, um, yeah. yeah, it's lovely just to share all the stories. And particularly... And I think what you've you probably found, sorry, Russ, is that a lot of the fans of other teams have probably got our best players. We sort of developed them. <laughs> that's, what, that's what makes them probably think, like, you know... And so, so not many clubs can sort of do this and get so many people to choose so many players. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's true. I think we've had over, I think we've had over something like 200 different player names have come up um, during since we've had 150 odd episodes. It's been quite mental. Um, James, how, how's things been with you in this sort of weird world we, we currently live in? Yeah, it's, 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 it's been not too bad, to be honest. Like, obviously, although I've been 20 seasons at West Ham, yeah. I sort of work in education, so I work in a school. So obviously we went into lockdown in March and yeah. I've been doing various bits. And, but yeah, missing the football big time. Everyone who knows me knows that, you know, I follow a lot of football and obviously West Ham as well. So it's been quite a difficult sort of uh, 
not having that regular sort of uh, moments before a game of thinking like this will make my weekend or make my, you know, and all that. Make so sometimes it's been good because you sort of try and enjoy most of the week, like, you know, without yes. having the typical sort of West Ham <laughs> letdown. But then you sometimes sort of think like, oh, you know, what would I eventually do? And then there was that panic about, Will the season continue? Where are we going to fit? Are we going to survive yeah. and all that? But uh, but yeah, as as I think, like uh, being a West Ham fan, fan probably helped me a bit, really, because like we, we have a lot of disappointment and a lot of things to get through. <laughs> so I think I've sort of channeled a bit of my supporting West Ham for so long into sort of that and get through lockdown. <laughs> you know, there's going to be exactly. ups and downs and all that. But, yeah, but managed, so it, true. Managed it and, uh, you know, we're, we're where we are and it's not going to be normal for a long time, but at least things are getting back. Getting yeah, back slowly. Yeah, and baby steps, baby steps. Yeah, at the moment, isn't it? And and, and you're right. I know, I know exactly what you mean. Like that Saturday when you come in, and like as you said, it could be be great day, it could be not so great day. And it's like I always remember like series link of like match of the day, and it's like just delete that one this week, <laughs> delete that one this week. We'll keep that one because yeah, we've won. Yeah. We, we've got a hard earned draw. But it's an early night. It's an early night. I don't need to watch <laughs> it. Don't worry about it. I put an early night. <laughs> You can, you can you can watch uh, the wife. You can watch uh, I don't know uh, married at first sight. Like, yeah, married at first sight Australia. Whatever it is, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's so true. It's so true. <laughs> but I know, and it, it is weird. And uh, I mean, obviously, you know, obviously for you as well. It's it's. it's I mean, I was fortunate, obviously, because they still needed obviously the music being played mm. and stuff. But for you, for twenty seasons, uh, the same as the fans, really. But even when you're working there, it's a bit different. Not being there for the last sort of yeah. half dozen games must have been really, really strange. Yeah, it's been it's been really sort of uh, difficult, really, because obviously I'm, you know, it's a privilege to do the sort of role that I do, mm. and sort of over the years get to know a lot of my listeners who have been with me either from the beginning or have joined over the years. So just you know, trying to keep them, you know, in touch with what's going on, and I'm lucky enough to contact a lot of them throughout the sort of lockdown because it was sort of interesting to see whether we could try and set something up mm. if the season was to restart, and obviously knowing that. And I wouldn't make the cut because the numbers yeah. are very limited to getting into the stadium. But uh, we managed to sort of like keep in touch, you know, just before a game and after a game to get their views and keep them occupied. Oh, brilliant. And obviously putting them into sort of like, you know, other sort of radio stations and things so they can have that sort of link and, you know, TV coverage or radio coverage. But yeah, it was a bit of a bit of a difficult one, really, because uh, I sort of wanted to be there and finish the season. But Obviously, it wasn't to be, but obviously to make sure that the listeners uh, at least knew where to go to get some exactly. sort of uh, service and that. But uh... yeah, no, totally. Yeah, it's, it's, it's strange. I mean, it's the same as me. If I, yeah, God forbid, I, I know I'm on holiday. And it's because it's always, you know, you, you take a risk, don't you? I mean, particularly you working in, a, you know, you don't know when and games get changed or yeah. a work conference and maybe oh, once yeah. or twice a oh, season. Yeah. I feel like my left hand's been been taken off because yeah. I can just see, and I was like, I should be there, you know? And it's like, it's so bizarre. It is, it's, a real, it's a real tough one. I'm lucky enough, the school I work at is on the sort of train line that's like 12 minutes into Stratford. So when we've moved to the stadium, if I had like a parents' evening or something kind of mid <laughs> I'm sort of rushing through thinking, right, yeah, nice, yeah, yeah, lovely, lovely. Yeah, very good, very right, good, yeah. yeah. And I'm jumped from the train straight down. Because you're right, because you know, over the 20 seasons, I think I've only missed, a, you know, a handful, yeah. you know, that are through various reasons, being on holiday and like you say, you know, the game gets changed for TV reasons yeah. or whatever or things like that. But it is, you do sort of uh, miss it. So I have missed oh, sort of them last few games that we had at home. And obviously, yeah. you know, one or two, you know, well, they were important games. They were all important. And 
you know, it would have been nice to have experienced just seeing what it would have been like as well, being in a... Yeah, like, I know I've, Well, like you said over some of your, you know, your other sort yeah. of uh, links and that you've done with other people and your sort of video clips, that it, it does seem weird, yeah. you know, with no one there. And then... It is strange, but I'm sort of used to... You know, I'm not used to it because that sounds horrible, but um, the... You know, we used to... We did the under-23 games, a few of them there at the, at the London yeah. Stadium. And there's only about 200 people there, mm. but obviously they're fans, really. Mm. Well, they're sort of, you know, friends of the players yeah. or family, and a few, like, you know, mm. diehard fans go. But oh, yeah. it, it is weird because, like, you're thinking there's I don't know, a couple of hundred million pounds worth of player out there, and you just got, you know, uh-huh. journalists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's just really weird. It is really strange. But, um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not being funny. I get home in 25 minutes. I'm, I'm, you know. Well, that's the, that's the only thing I was thinking of, like, you and other people I knew were going. I said, I bet they haven't got that sort of, you know, and then I noticed that you could park more or less right yeah. on the stadium. So, yeah, so basically, yeah, yeah. So they, they, exactly. They, they transformed the... I don't know what you call that. Is it, well, basically, where the champion stones are and all around yeah, yeah. there, yeah, they yeah. they trans. Basically, that was the start, not or media and mm. and and you know the auxiliary st- and all the staff car parks because obviously they don't want necessarily people travelling in on no, the yeah. trains either. So um, yeah, so it's weird, you know. It's just yeah, you just pull up and. In, actually, I'm parked outside the stadium, and it's strange, you know. But I'm there, and there's I don't know Paul Parker next to me, or something, you know, because it's all just the neat. This is a hodgepodge yeah. of people. Yeah, really yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, based on what I've other I've read from other journalists and things that are saying that um, London Stadium is actually a breeze to get through in terms of it's very well organised. You know, I know people criticise things about the, no, yeah. the organised, but actually. The, the way they've organised it is fantastic. It I think I think the size I think the size of the stadium and how you know exactly. it yeah. gave that, and I would have expected that it would have been probably well organised, and you had the space and the sort of bits and pieces to change to make it easier for people going in. I could have been interested to see what it would be like if we were up to park still. Yeah, it'd <laughs> be impossible. It would have, the old girl would have been impossible, wouldn't it? Could you imagine where they're yeah. going to where they're going to park everyone? Do you know what I mean? It's like. Oh. God, I had to park four streets away. The old when yeah. I was used to there yeah, that's before. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was there five hours early, and I still had to park, you know, four streets down. But um, no, yeah, it's it's funny, and and the the one thing that that makes me laugh, and and it's one thing that a lot of people pick up on, is in the lift. So you know, obviously, when you get because obviously we we, we know we got, you go the same areas, yeah, yeah. we have to get the lift up to the top, um, and it's like. It's a, horrible silver lifts aren't they and and they've got the um they've got two stickers obviously you can't have two people in there at a time because right. the lifts are quite long and and the stickers basically uh say where to put your feet and you're basically facing the wall so both of you potentially are facing the wall it's just so weird <laughs> but obviously no one does it but it's like you know it's like, like yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, 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 that sort of reminds me of when, when it was the norm in them lifts yeah. at the stadium you know, we yeah. get about 20 or 30 people. You would, but yeah, because you, you get that. And, you get, and then it, it was always, there's always a chef coming in oh. with, like, with like a stack of 20 <laughs> servings. A trolley full of like, like... Pushing them all in as well. This this bit, this bit of banter, James, it's only relevant to about three people. But it's it's an insight into into the, the world that we live in. Yeah, but, of course um, it is. Yeah, no, it's uh, it is weird. And obviously, as you said, we're going to be at least three or four games before we even consider yeah, yeah. oh, any fans coming yeah, in. Course. I'd be surprised to be honest. I just don't think. I think even the fans there who come in, I don't know whether they'll, you know, if if I was offered a ticket, would I go? I don't yeah. know because at the end of the day, you it's a different atmosphere. You, you know, you've got to, mm. you won't be able to and see. And it's not it's not something you can sort of 
just go and see what it's like and then make up your mind. You either sort of go mm. and you try it and then your your expectation is that like, you know, you've got to wear a mask, you've got to do this. What you know, so it is it's it's gonna be an interesting when they eventually think right, well we get, you know, twenty, thirty percent fans in to begin with or whatever yeah. it is, who actually takes up that sort of ticket and who goes in and how, you know, again, you know, just going back to a positive of the stadium is that it's got the size to sort of... It is, yeah. Yeah, we sort of... I I had a bit of a... And to sort of of like have sort of people coming in from different areas of around the stadium, you know what I mean? So I would imagine, again, similar to what we were saying earlier about how they've done it for the media and everyone, it will be done well, but it's still everyone's choice and their own choice to decide whether to... Totally. You go ahead and, totally. and then even when you do, you sort of think, like, is it worth it? What sort of atmosphere yeah. are you going to get? But yeah, I noticed the, um, uh, it was the, the MLS. So obviously they're doing it in the bubble, aren't they, in Orlando? Mm. And um, they had, I think it was the Orlando, um, they had fans in the other day, I noticed, um, for the, it was a bit controversial because they booed them taking a knee or something oh, like right, that and right. um fc dallas or someone like that was playing uh-huh. and there was there was a number of fans who had a, f- a few thousand fans already in there so um and i, I was read the other day about the cricket um well, not the cricket the snooker they're looking at bringing because they were going to use that as a test they were, yeah 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 and i think the final they may well be having some fans in there i don't know it's mm. it's but we'll see what will be will be but that that's exactly. that's that's not through this channel exactly. this channel is all about nostalgia no yeah yes. all, the, all the hammers chat and ing night <laughs> they do all the topical stuff and and x as his podcast no, yeah. we'll, let, we'll let them but they're all good they're all good let them get on with that love they can all. do all that love they're them brilliant. all, love brilliant. Them all. and we, so, we did some do some stuff from soon collaboratively across across no, all the good. channels so that would be quite good for charity but anyway james um the first question i was asking everyone he says um having chatted for 13 minutes already um <laughs> is 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 why west ham why is west ham your club mate oh why west ham right i i grew up in sort of chadwell heath yeah. Literally not that far from the training ground in Chadwell Heath. Uh, I've got an older brother, as most people may be aware of. Uh, so we, I grew up. West Ham was my, you know, my my local club, you know, and I can remember sort of like you know the FA Cup final with Trevor Brooking scoring against Arsenal, mm. you know. So it was sort of like, and it was an easy game to get to, an easy stadium as well, you know. From where I lived in Chadwell Heath, it was literally a little walk, one bus all the way down to Barking, through Barking, East Ham, and then you're there. So it was relatively easy to get to that game. Yeah. And and then the atmosphere. I always remember, as, you know, as a sort of teenager, you sort of like, you're standing on the North Bank. And, you know, if you were in the middle of that North Bank up high, the atmosphere was just amazing. And like, you know, it was just that sort of like, you know, we never quite, even over, even from a younger age, I can you know, we never quite made it. You know, I remember sort of like, you know, FA Cup sort of games when we beat Everton, Stuart Slater, Colin Foster. You know, we we had many yeah. sort of good moments that they never really <laughs> progressed, like, you know. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. And that's kind of sort of like, you know, where where I where I started and sort of stayed with really. You know, and luckily enough where I lived there was a few other West Ham fans as well. You know, and then you could tell the sort of like who liked football. Because they supported their local club. You, I always had a few friends who sort of went for like you know the sort of you know Man United to sort of you know and all of that. But uh, yeah, so it sort of started. Lucky enough, like living local to the training ground, and then that was it. And then I was just hooked, and then went with my brother for many years, and still obviously still do because he still comes yeah. to the games, but obviously I don't get to see him as much. But uh, but yeah, so that's that's why from you know. Being more or less born and living right on the doorstep of the training ground. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and, and then how did the whole thing happen with your being sort of the descriptor for the yeah, see, guys? 
it's I often get asked this and it's a really sort of because uh, I always say even to this day I always say it's a privilege and mm. you know it's, to be able to still follow your club and sit in a stadium and like talk about it it's just amazing yeah. you know it's just yeah. absolutely amazing but what happened was is uh, as I said I, got, I went with my brother and we used to stand in the North Bank then the Bobby Moore stand got built so we went to sit there and then uh, in the late 90s around sort of 97 there was a well-known sort of uh drink company that were looking for unusual fans yeah. and so they contacted the club and the club said oh we've got this guy who's, who's blind but he goes with his brother and his brother sits next to him and he talks about the game and tells his brother what's going on and, and all of that so they got in touch and they did a, an advert which yeah. you can still sort of, you know, you can see on YouTube and all of that. And that was about 97, and it came out for the World Cup in 98. And it was part of the sort of the four or five adverts for their campaign. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it then got really well received, not just by West Ham, because it showed basically me sitting with my brother and another friend of his. And we mm -hmm. talked about the game and we had like the atmosphere of the game and we were describing it so that yeah. my brother could still feel part of it, even though he couldn't see what was going on. Sure, yeah. Matt could still feel part of that atmosphere. Mm -hmm. And it just took off from there. And then within sort of about a season, West Ham was sort of like approached me and said, look, we've had loads of people contact the club saying, oh, they've got a, a relative that's, you know, blind or visually impaired. Mm -hmm. Can they come to the game? How, like, you know, because I think it just, yeah. no pun intended, I think it opened the eyes to people that, yeah, yeah, you know, it doesn't matter what disability you have, because, yeah. you know, my brother, Matt, he still gets asked, like, oh, why do you go? Because you can't see. But he goes because he's a West Ham fan. Yeah. And he wants to be part of that, being a fan, to get the atmosphere, sure. you know, yeah. and sort of like, you know, be part of that club. So that's where it all sort of came from. And then I did a, you're in my sort of 11, you'll hear about it a little bit more. Sure. I did a sort of test run uh, for yeah. the club. And then they said, yeah, you know, we really like. And then the season beginning uh, 2000, 2001. So September 2000, I started and uh, never looked back really. And it's just yeah. developed as, as the years go on, you yeah. sort of, uh, you know, the systems, the equipment, how you sort of branch out. And, you know, I then got in touch with like, you know, the R&IB, the World National Institute for the Blind and tried to get it to other clubs and other clubs have developed it and taken it on now. Because you could just, you know, a lot of clubs have it, but they yeah. link it into sort of like local radio, which is good or whatever, but it has to be a little bit more descriptive. Yeah, totally. You know, as, as, as you'll hear as I go on with my Hammers 11, it sort of highlights, you know, I can talk about the game and commentate like you hear on Five Live and all the other talk sport and all of that, yeah. but you have to give them a little bit more because they're in the stadium. Yes. And the, listener, the people that are listening to me are actually physically in the stadium, so there has to be that sort of like a little bit more of information, a little bit more colour Yeah, yeah. what's going yeah. on. And all of that. So yeah, so that's how it started. And then, cool. then I'm still I'm still doing it. So I know. there must be something. There must be something working. So. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. And, and and so how many? So like, if like obviously before lockdown, how many? Because I'm just injured. How many? How many blind fans do you broadcast yeah. to? Yeah. So it's uh, now we're in the new stadium. We sort mm. of we can get a little bit more sort of the headsets. There's some basically a very simple system. We are funnily enough before lockdown, we were actually tendering out to companies to get update the system because now we've been yeah. in the stadium we needed to really go big Ramp up, you know, yeah, go yeah. big or go home really and the <laughs> club were really going to invest in it but then we went to lockdown so we're, that's on hold but generally it's just a little sort of it's like a, a little headset 
just not as big as about as big as your hand. You put yeah. your headphones in, and they can sit anywhere in the stadium. Wow! And then I'm on a transmitter that has to sort of just you know the only the only difference with being with say radio and all the other sort of real high tech equipment mm. is that there's always a delay. Whereas obviously there can't be a delay. No. Yeah. For the listeners there, because even just a three second, five second, sure, yeah, they yeah. miss the actual moment. But uh, so we've got roughly round about, I'd say about sixty to eighty headsets wow. that are out every game, wow. and we've probably got a core of about forty to fifty West Ham fans that take up the service yeah. all like all season. So they they range from like my brother who's totally blind yeah. to like those that are visually impaired, sure. those that and no sort of like who are sort of like. Maybe a little bit more mature than me and you, right? <laughs> but are sat quite high up in the back. A little bit further away. Yeah, yeah, no, I get to, that. Similar to where we probably are, right? <laughs> you know, yeah. Who just can see what's going on, but can't quite make out the, the players, players numbers. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Like and we do offer it to the away fans as well. Oh, fantastic. So, so even like away fans can come in, and if they need the service, they can have a headset. So that sometimes is. I'm used to that now, but sometimes if it's a real close game or a real sort of, you know, I have to emphasize, yes, you're playing well, but West Ham, yeah. you need to pick up here. Come on, man. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah, it must be, yeah, it must be strange for them as well, isn't it? Because obviously you're going to be, obviously it's a West Ham service, isn't it, that you're providing. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, for the vast majority, but that's amazing. I, you know, just, again, like all these, all these things are just like, that's, that's like part of doing this channel. I've sort of really mm. been humbled by finding out all these other bits of, of the club and the fan base, which I never knew about. So like, mm. even like obviously the stuff that you you've done, yeah. I never really knew much about. And then the same yeah. as, I don't know, the, the got the Indian hammers and people like that mm. and all the American guys. It's just amazing. No, you're and right. I'm sure. You're right. It's, it's, it, and this is why, like, you know, like I said to you earlier, you know, when you, when you got in touch with me and all that, it's sort of like, as much as the club will do sort of like a write up or something in their program or on their yeah, website yeah, yeah, every yeah. so often, but things like this, is going to be amazing to yeah. sort of use and sort of get out there because I do think that's that's my main goal is to make sure that every person, no matter what of disability or whoever you are, is there's an opportunity to go and watch football. You you go and watch it, you know. Yeah. And if, if 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 I can help by providing, you know, the voice and all of that, then I'll happily do that. And that's yeah. my sort of you know next goal is to sort of see how far we can take it in terms of sort yeah. of like you know like you said like you know I did uh, one of the uh, women's games. You know, when they did the women's game, I've done a couple of the under 23. You know what I mean? Just even yeah. if there's no one, it's just to know you're providing it. And even if there's only one person listening to me, at still, least they're getting yeah. something. Yeah, still yeah. just as important as as whatever. But, but, but no, you're, right. yeah. you're right. I mean, there's, there's fanatic. I mean, you know, every fan is, a, you know, most, you know, obviously people have different levels of fanaticism. Is that right? Yeah. Um, for the fans. And there's probably, probably are some, some, some blind fans who would, love to do all the under 23s and love to do the women's game obviously that's mm. moving to strap uh, to dagon redbridge, now, Dagen redbridge so. Yeah, so you know so it's um obviously that opens up to, to new people attending mm. there as well so yeah. no it's great man it's, yeah. uh, it's amazing i think it's a and and, and it's a it must be a privilege for you as well knowing you're, provi oh. you're providing that, that service yeah. yeah it is it's it's and like i said earlier on just and it's my team as well so to be yeah. sat there yeah, yeah, yeah. you know talking about it it's just even adds to it you know, yeah. and I just, I just, the opportunity is, is just fantastic. And I'm just, as I said earlier, like, you know, talking about other, you know, the women's team, you know, yeah. I'm just, you know, trying to get other people involved as well, trying to, you know, as I said earlier, I work in a school, so I've got some of my students who are keen to learn about how to oh, commentate fantastic. and things like that. So, yeah. so I'm trying to sort of, you know, 
get them involved and things like that. But yeah, it's a, definitely a privilege. Definitely a privilege. Uh, and and obviously you must have had all the fun with all the exam results recently. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> which is a lovely after yesterday. Yesterday, like, obviously, like you know, we had the A level results come out. I've got GCSEs coming out. Yeah, it's it's uh, this is this is lovely to have this sort of, this of break like, up, yeah. get away from it all, it's get space. away from it all. But uh, but no, yeah. So yeah, it's it's, oh, yeah. it's tough. It's tough. Whatever whatever it would have been, it would be tough. But yeah. uh, I'm lucky enough to work in a really good school uh, that has really good support, and the mm. students I work with, I get like I don't teach. I, I sort of support them in a mentoring sort of youth work yeah. sort of way and pastoral way. So I get to know them really well. So it's kind of good that, like, you know, whatever they get, they know that I'm there to support them and yeah. guide them and help them on whatever they want to do in the future. Yeah. So yeah, that's good, man. That's good. Uh, right, let's, let's let's go on to eleven because uh, oh. obviously that's the point. That's the point yeah. of the show. Yeah, um, people turn off and think what they're going to get on with them. <laughs> no, do you know what? I think it's the other way around. I think most people love the. It's the stories. I think it's all. Every yes. story is genuine, and I think, and I think the eleven. Yeah, um, it's not necessarily. The, I think not necessarily about the per the people they pick. But it's the reasons why I think that yeah. people like, and, and as you said, you, yeah, exactly. And and and, and in terms of obviously, you know, you know the rules. Yeah, the only rule is you have to you have to be alive to have seen them play. And yeah. obviously, I, yeah, you have a, a fair spread. Let's be fair. See, I can see the grayness in your beard. James, <laughs> yes, you, I know. It's I, I've, I've, I've I've shaved myself a little bit down, so it's not so obvious now. But um, I think it's yes. going to go because I'm wearing it a mask situation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I I'm a glass sort of like you know. Oh. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, it must buff out like you know. Like, but yeah, I say, I mean, I'm a glasses wearer, and I, I still haven't got used to. Oh, I still yeah, fog up, yeah. and particularly at London Stadium because it's quite a quite a close atmosphere. London mm. Stadium It's quite sticky, isn't it? Yeah, it just yeah, always yeah. is. Uh, particularly no. obviously because I have to walk all the way right to the top. So yeah, I'm not the fittest. I'm not the fittest man. I will, it is. I, will, I will defend you and I will help you out here because although you said earlier on there's a lift and you get in a lift, that doesn't really take you anywhere. It only takes you literally halfway yeah. of your journey to the very top. Exactly. So, and then so I, I, would, I, would I didn't count I didn't count how many steps, but I forgot hundred and something. It's ridiculous. Um oh, but yeah no God yeah I hate I hate them. But um no, anyway so, yeah. so 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 eleven now I believe James you've got a different as you, as you mentioned yeah. you have like a different Twist on it. What's, what's the yeah, I've got, I, I could go sort of like and go for my favourite eleven. Sure, yeah, yeah, the best eleven. But because obviously at the end of this season just gone, it would have been twenty years and twenty seasons. Yeah. I've sort of decided to do my hammers eleven of eleven players that have given me a commentary moment. Yeah. So like they've done something, and I can recall it and remember it even to this day that it was a real moment to be in the stadium. Yeah. And to sort of like pick up on it and it changed the way I commentated or there was a moment that happened that made me think I've got to talk about this even more and this is even special. And so oh, that's, yeah. that's how I've done it. So there's a few obvious ones and there's a few sort of like that are a little bit personal, but once I tell the story of each. Brilliant. This is going to be, I'm looking forward to this already. <laughs> right. Let's, we'll start between the sticks. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Between I've gone for four, four, two, although it could be a four, three, three, but. We'll get on to that. In the sticks, right. Um, again, I've not gone for my favourite, but yeah. I've gone for an, a goalkeeper that I think did really well for us. And I think everyone was so pleased that when he, they weren't pleased when he left, but they were pleased where he ended up and winning a, a Premier League medal. Yes. So obviously I'm going for Adrien yeah. in goal. Uh, which the reason for that is that those that recall, it's not that long ago, just uh, in the FA Cup third round yeah, against Everton, 
at Upton Park, there was uh, the replay that went to penalties. And it ended up uh, getting, I think, eight all. And the two goalkeepers were about to take a penalty each. The Everton keeper missed. And then Adrian had the chance to take us into the next round. But at this stage, it was quite late. And we'd had extra time. It was like a real late. It was really late. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, the atmosphere was there. And I just remember the moment I put this in was because um, I was, uh, and I have a co-commentator, and I will mention them during the course of it. But on this occasion, it was, uh, who's still with me, Michael. uh, He does the co-commentary with me. And uh, Adrian, he, he got the ball, put it down, took it off. And then it was like, I remember saying, like, Adrian's going to take it, this to win it. And then the famous line came out, he's taken his gloves off. It was like a real sort of moment of like, you know, that sort of like moment of like, he's taking the gloves off. Yeah. You think, I'm thinking my listeners can't see that. Yeah. And they need to know that like, that's quite a pivotal, you know, he's taken his gloves off. And the, the noise just said it all. Yeah. And then he just slid into the corner. And so he makes it as my goalkeeper for giving me a moment yeah. of like commentary is the fact that, I was saying, and he's taken his gloves off. Yeah. And we went you through. Probably and, never, talked, and you're probably never, never ever going to talk say that line in reference no, to I don't, think I, I don't think I will. And you sort of think at the time, you sort of think we'd won the cup. It was only the third round. That was only, the third yeah, round. do you know what? I, I, didn't, I didn't remember it was the third yeah, round. That's the right. crazy thing. And, right. and you're right. It was... It was like the, 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 the football equivalent or the football goalkeeper's equivalent of a mic drop, wasn't it? It yeah. was like, right, yeah. okay, that's yeah. it. That's yeah. it. Gloves off. I don't need back on. Yeah. Had enough and, of this. I won't need them. Bang. And it was, and it was strange because obviously both goalkeepers took the penalty. It was like it was like the eighth penalty or ninth penalty. And yeah, you think, yeah, yeah. There was, there's another couple of outfield players there. You know? yeah. it's like, it was just like weird. I can't even remember. I should have looked that up and sort of thought, well, who actually did... Uh, who yes, bottled it? Yeah, who bottled it? Yeah, one, who bo- who bottled it? That's what people have forgotten. But um, basically, but, uh, what, what will happen? What will happen is James Kent Hammers or Kent Irons will will, will comment who bottled it <laughs> on the video. So we'll find out. No, we'll yeah, yeah I want to know first. anyone. I want to know. Yeah. I want to know. <laughs> right. Yeah, right. Uh, where do you want to go now? Left back you, or right? You, back? you go. You go in in order what you've written down, man. Right. So we'll I'll go uh, full back. Yeah. Uh, this is an interesting one. I don't think he will make many. Uh, but for me, he does. He's, he's actually a personal favourite player at the time. Uh, but I'm going for Thomas Repka. Yeah. Uh, because uh, despite what's happened in the last few years, actually, but that's, that's <laughs> not relevant. But, but uh, I'm not going to talk about all that. But I just remember when he joined, everyone knows he got sent off in his first game, I think it was. And then he got sent off a few games later. He ended up with like quite a few, like, I think it was about four red cards. But the thing that got me with Thomas, and again comes back to the commentary, is that I remember one game. I can't remember who it was against, but he he left the pitch. We weren't playing well. I think we were losing, and he left the pitch and started having a row with one of the fans near the tunnel. And it was like, what's going on? Like, and he had to be pulled away as he was like, as everyone was leaving. And, and obviously, with the commentary, I have to try and. I can't just end when the whistle goes. I have to sort of talk a little bit and, and go on. And I sort of think, oh, this is a real psycho sort of like player. Yeah. And it was sort of in my mould of like, yes, a real sort of battler. But you can't start arguing with his fans. But what, what the actual moment led to was that even though because of that, I think he played really well. I think a lot of the fans liked him. Yeah. And it really came to a head in his last game. Yeah, I think it, I think it was uh, Fulham in his last game, when he actually left the pitch afterwards in tears, he was actually physically crying. And I thought, that's real passion there. That's real moment. I don't think he really wanted to leave or whatever. But, you know, yeah, okay, he started his career with West Ham being sent off. 
He then had a row with someone in the stand. But yet, in his final game, he showed real emotion. Yeah. And to commentate that and to explain that to yeah, sort yeah. of the, the listeners was like, oh my God, like, you know, this is Thomas Rapping. You can tell he really loves the club. He's actually crying. He's leaving. He doesn't want to go. Do you know what I mean? And I just think I know, he I know makes exactly it in. He makes exactly. it in for that reason. So, and we, we, love, we, love, we love someone like that, don't we? You're right. Oh. We, love, we love a psycho. We love a guy who's just on the edge, isn't he? And well, he's, he's, since, he's, since he's retired, he's been even more on the edge. To oh. be honest. But, and again, that adds to the mystique of him, doesn't yeah. it? That adds to the, yeah. the, the sort of the, yeah. the character that is Thomas Repka. And uh, you're right. Yeah. And that's what I think you're, that whole sort of, I remember that last game because this, the I think it was like the last 20 minutes you know, literally the fans super, super dumb, mm. super dumb. And literally, yeah. I don't think he's probably ever had no. people no. sing like that to him. No. And he was like, I mean, when we signed him, he was our, you know, he was a record signing from Florentino, mm. I believe. And uh, yeah, no, super Thomas Repka. Love it. No, yeah, okay, who's next? who's next? Right, the other fullback uh, yeah. won't be no surprise, really. Uh, uh, and there's a, there's two little stories here with him. Is obviously, it's Julian Dix. Yeah. He, he's got to be in it. Mainly because even prior to starting the commentary that I did from 2000, yeah. uh, the actual advert that I did with my brother for that uh, famous drinks company yes. was stemmed around the two-all draw with Man United and Dixie's penalty. Yeah. And if, if I don't know how you can do it or whether you want, or if people want to just look it up, if they type in blind fan, whatever on YouTube, yeah. you get the, the actual main of the advert is me talking about Dixie putting the ball down it's complete mayhem. Dixie steps, you know, and then my brother's reaction just sums up the whole first experience of actually, even though I'd been sitting with my brother and standing with him on the North Bank and in the Bobby, they telling, that's the first time anyone had ever videoed it or seen it. Yeah, yeah. And it was just a real moment. And then to link it in to the fact that he was my first ever game that I did was his testimonial against oh, wow. Athletic Bilbao. Like that was the first time I'd ever sat in the press box, in the old press box, even before the Dr. Martin stand or whatever oh, it was called. Yeah, the yeah. old where you had to walk up this one little small flight of stairs. Yeah. You could have no one coming down or the same way. <laughs> and then you had all these pillars. I just remembered it was the first game I officially did was in uh, against Atletico Bilbao, his testimonial. Which I remember there was a bit of a fight in that as well. I think they kind of Quite possibly there was a bit of a there was a bit of a brawl in that. I know West Ham lost I think two one in the end, but but Julian Dix gave me a couple of really good moments uh, in commentary prior to actually ever getting to where I am now. But even he was the beginning, and like when he came back with uh, Billich in his partnership for Matt, you know, and like you know he's become I've, I know him a little bit well now. You know, he's he's a real fan's favourite. He's really good. He's met my brother a few times. He's like really, you know, he's a top, top man. Yeah. yeah you know, yeah. so he had to come in, but I think it's justified in terms of my Hammers 11 and the commentary moments that he, he was the start of it. He was the start of, of it and deserves to be in it. So, yeah, Julian totally. Dix. Julian Dix. Julian Dix is in. Right. Yes. And obviously, he'll be, he'll be there next year, even in the yes. slab. Yeah, well, that's what I'm hoping that that game ain't till the, near the end of the season at yeah. home, so I can get there myself. But yeah, and also, there's another... not, also, so we're not like, having to beat them to, to stay up. No, or, you, well, know, yeah. you know, you know, the West Ham well, way, Jason, well, anyone. Well, like... there was always that thought that we'd be going down as they were coming up, like you know. So at least we, at least well, we get the thing. thing. At least when we you get look the at this, when you, but that's the thing. When you look at the 
when you look at the fixture list, every West Ham fan does it. They look at the last game of the season. They go, okay, mm. who do we have to beat to stay up? Before yeah. we've even kicked the ball, yeah. we're like, right, yeah. okay. all right, we've got to win. Like, yeah. Yeah. That's winnable. That's win- this, is in like, this is in like July. We're saying yeah. that's winnable in May, so we stay yeah. up. It's all sorted yeah. already. <laughs> anyway, anyway. Right, Julian's right. in. Who's next, man? Uh, centre-backs. Right? Yeah. My centre-backs. I'm going to go for... I'll go for this in this order. Uh, this is an unusual one, but I think those that remember this moment will understand why he's in. Uh, it's Christian Daly. Ah, oh, Christian Daly. Right, Christian Daly is in because when West Ham were like, well, some people say we still are a yo-yo club. Uh, in 2004, I think it was, we were in the playoff semi-final mm. against Ipswich, I think it was, and uh, yeah. he scored the winner. And I've never known Upton Park, although it got better towards the end. Like, but that that night, the atmosphere then was just amazing. Was I know Matthew Everton scored the one that gets back in the game, but he didn't quite make my midfield. I needed a centre-back. And I started looking back. I remember Daly, it, it may have been even a lucky goal or something, but it was the winning goal that got us to yeah. the final, albeit I think we lost to uh, Palace, I think, in the final. Yeah, but, Palace but, in the first yeah. one. Yeah, but yeah. but that semi, that, it was just the atmosphere. And a lot of people of say that you, with the bowling ground Upton Park, you were always starting uh, in a positive way when it was under the lights. There was always that saying that, you know, West Ham under the lights at Upton Park was mm-hmm. amazing. You know, and that whole atmosphere of that was just sort of like brilliant, absolutely superb. So he makes it in because he gave us that sort of atmosphere of like winning something and getting to a final, you know, albeit yeah. that we went. A- and, I, and I remember his, his, and I remember that game particularly because he had that sort of almost Churchwillian speech or more Braveheart probably Christian Daly afterwards you know I remember that like and he was like oh we're you know we're gonna go to Cardiff we're gonna win and everyone's like yeah we are and obviously we didn't but I think also he doesn't get as much credit because like he did play he played really well for us and I think he had a good couple of seasons you know and he was kind of like I think he had his own sort of like fan base that really mm. understood what he offered like you know and I know in the season prior I think or you know he played every minute I think in one of the seasons I think it was a season was, we went down funny enough player. but he was you know good good player good yeah, player I liked I did like him all right look at but Christian Day and he had a great song then, named after him so oh yeah don't get me singing <laughs> that'll end it straight away <laughs> next to next to Daly is uh and again this is an obvious reason is uh and but I do think he's a good player and I think towards the end of his time uh, it was a real shame because of injury, but Winston Reid. Yeah. Winston Reid, I think, was an outstanding centre-back for us. I know in listening to a few other of your your people you've had on, they've said, like, you know, I, I remember people have said, like, you know, the story of him coming and people thought, who's it going to be? Because it said it was like a player, an international player in a World Cup and all of that. But I think over the years he played. I think he was solid. I think he played well. But he gets in because he obviously scored the last goal at Upton Park. Yes. You know, and to get that moment, and to sort of like really sort of, you know, for him to have that and for him and for me as a commentator to see that, you know, it was sort of a pie, it crossed it in. He didn't really get that. He got a really good flick on it. And the Man United keeper, the he almost saved it. Yeah, it, it was just the fact that... His, went sort of through yeah, his hands. It, it, yeah, it's sort of... And I just think like Winston Reid, he scored it. I can't, if I'm doing this, my hammer's 11. He has to be in it because, not just because he's, you know, he's a good player, but he gave that winning goal. That on that night, on that special night, and that special night uh, was amazing. You know, one I will. You know, I talked about the atmosphere when you know Christian Daly before, but you oh, know the man. atmosphere on that night 
was just uh, the whole, the whole, you would know yourselves, the whole experience of like the delayed kickoff, everything, the sort of like, you know, the game itself was up and down. It was never, you know, and like people forget, like, yeah. you know, you scored, like Antonio scored only four minutes before Reed got the winner. You know, yeah. we were, it was like literally sort of really close them two goals. It really was, just, yeah. You just recovered from equalising with Antonio. And then we scored. It was like, and it was literally hang on, hang on, hang on. But, but no, yeah. So Winston Reed makes it in for and that. that must and, again, have been, and that also must have been like a, well, it was, it was a late night for you. That's for sure as well. <laughs> I think to describe all, did you have to do the, the sort of the, the yeah, post-match? Sort yeah, of it was, the, it's really, it's really, it was really quite a good, uh, a good moment because if you remember like the club put out all t-shirts i think on the seats and yeah. all that so i remember going on air quite early and sort of talking and reminiscing and talking about sort of like you know what was the... and then after and then after the presentation it was all about like i remember saying things like you know despite the late kickoff i know it's late you've got to stay it's the last ever you know it doesn't matter if you've got work tomorrow it doesn't matter how, how old you are you know you've got to stay there's you know they're now putting out this sort of like mat they've opened a side gate i don't know why they've opened the side gate they've got a sort of a stand in the middle of the pitch it started to rain yeah you know ben shepherd comes out there's oh, and i'd already i'd no already yeah, I didn't know any of that. I don't know, but, but and I thought he would have been told. But I just, yeah. and throughout the whole afternoon and evening, you just saw so many ex players arriving and mm. sitting in various places around the press box and outside. Yeah. The, you know what I mean? You sort of think, and then the taxes started coming in, and you sort of the build up of it was like, you know, oh, who's going to get out of the cab? Who's going to. You know what players are gonna, you know, and, it, and I remember it really raining, and I'm thinking, what's the time like? You know, what's the time? It? It's like, you know, what's the, what's the last train from Upton Park? Like, I know, know everyone whatever, missed it, you know, but no one's like, you know, oh, but yeah, so it was, um, yeah, lovely, uh, yeah, lovely, uh, a lovely evening, but unbelievable. I always remember driving back because I, I obviously I drove and just driving around bark you know, around the back streets and you just saw people literally walking down the road with like a twelve foot advertising hoarding under their arm. I'm thinking, how are they gonna get this on the train? Yeah. You know, but they didn't care and it's just like yeah, it was a it was yeah. one of those it was it was just the whole I mean, it was just so, the whole thing was so West Ham, you know. Yeah. It had to piss down. It had yeah. to all be delayed because, we, you know, there was two, it was twice as many people outside as there was inside. Oh. You had, you know, Amazing. I mean, there's, there's a story of Billy who turned around because the traffic, and so we had an empty taxi. Mm. Um, you know, we had to move the the the, the fireworks at the beginning because it was too delayed and the new council wouldn't put fireworks after half ten. Um, and you know, it was just. But I wouldn't want it any any nah. other way. Nah. It was held together with you know spit and sawdust at the end because it all had to change. And actually, that's West Ham. If it was really that, polished, uh, uh, yeah. Oh, it, it might. Wouldn't it wouldn't have got. It wouldn't have got. It wouldn't have got that sort of. Uh, and I think that is, as you say, and I think that is what every West Ham fan would have wanted the yeah. way it, the way it was done. Because it's, it, as you say, it's typical West Ham. You don't want everything too set and yeah. it runs like clockwork. There needs to be something that goes wrong because yeah. then you get their moments. You get their moments of like, and I think that's why I think, you know, so many people, like as they say, and, you know, West Ham, even if they don't support them, it's a club that they like. You know, they like to know the history. Yeah. They like to, you know, they, they miss them moments going to Upton Park. They miss the sort of I stories do. they miss. Do you know what I mean? And I just think yeah. it's sort of uh, that that whole sort of experience was just, you know, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't change anything. I don't think anyone else would. Uh, I just think the only thing was is that at the end, it's like the reality kicked in then. of like, actually, that is it. 
oh yeah. right okay yeah lights <laughs> yeah. went up and everyone's yeah, like no, yeah oh, yeah and i remember i remember being in the press area the press box upstairs i remember the stewards were doing their best trying to trying to encourage people to go home <laughs> And they were saying the, the, the stadium is definitely going to be yeah. not by midnight. You can't be here. You know, you've got to go. You've got to go. You've got to go. But there we go. There we go. So that's my back. Right. Midfield. Right. Talking, sorry. Yeah. I'll let you leave. Yeah. Yeah, midfield. Right. Um, okay. Right. I'm just going to check. Yeah. Right. So I'm going to go for uh, Mark Noble in the middle. Yeah. Mark Noble in the middle. He's going to play in the middle for a number of reasons. You know, over 500 games. Uh, I think as a commentator over 20 years, I've sort of been on his journey. Yeah, oh, totally. I think yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, like, it's like there's moments, uh, you know, there's one in particular which I'm going to talk about very quickly in a second. But there's the other thing I think what I want to point out, because there's been a lot of talk about him, you know, and like, you know, next season, who knows? You know, Declan stays with us, hopefully he does. You know, if, if Mark gives him the captaincy, that's fair enough as long as Mark gets another seat. Yeah. I just think yeah. the only reason I say all this is that when West Ham are really struggling over a period of few games and he's not played or something you just miss him you miss him in that midfield that mr yeah. west Ham that just gets and i'd rather still have i just think like you know yeah we've got some good players now you know sutek after the lockdown was superb you know but i just think he sort of brings so much of like what west Ham is all about and i think for me on a personal note he still keeps that history of like yeah. you know being a you know a young player coming through Upton Park, being the bowling, all of that, being a fan, live around the corner. Being a fan, he's a player. And, and, from, and... A, from a commentary point of view, it has to be, which I'm sure people will recall, uh, the FA Cup replay against Man United at Upton Park, where he literally manhandled and picked up Herrera, Herrera I think yes, it was. Yeah, yeah for the picture. Yeah, yeah. And literally, we, were, we, we did lose in the end, but I think he literally summed up what West Ham meant and become like a fan. It was like as if he was playing on Sunday league football. You're right, yeah. It's probably he was, the first, like he was it's playing probably... for his Sunday team. Totally right. And he literally thought, I'm not having this ref, you're taking far too long. Mm. Up you get, tell her. And I just thought, to commentate that and try and explain it mm. to my listeners who are probably thinking, why is like everyone cheering? Like what's, was yeah. not difficult, but I was trying to maintain Imagine, not, to, yeah. not to sort of like go to sort of like, yeah, he's literally just chucked him up and chucked him over. Like, it was literally, no, he's literally just helping him off the pitch a little bit. He's just yeah. helped him to his, you know what I mean? And sort of like, you know, so that, that sort of was and that moment. Right. And you're right. That's probably like, I can't really think of many, many times where he's been playing, where you've seen the fan appear. Cause obviously when he celebrates, every footballer mm. celebrates, but you know, yeah. he celebrates a little bit more because a fan, but you're right. That was probably a, a chink in his armor. Do you know what I mean? It's mm. like, you know, it was almost like, no, I'm a fan and I want to win this game for yeah. the, and, and just get off the pitch. You know, and it was like, and I remember it was just so funny as well. It's just um, a moment, just a moment. Yeah. You sort of think like, and that's why I think now, you know, I'm hoping he gets like next season and then like, you know, he may not, you know, whatever. But I think a lot of people have said it, he'll stay in the club. They might get him doing some coaching. I know he does. Uh, he talks to a lot of the academy players. I know he's, mm. so, do you know what I mean? I just think that like, you know, he's someone for the future in terms of coaching, yeah. managing and all that. But I just don't want people to forget what he is. And I just yeah. think that in the last two seasons, two or three seasons, I think everyone could say we miss Mark Noble in that middle just to mm. get the team going, just to link him, just to sort of, yeah, he may not be the best player now, but he can mm. pass a ball. He can pass yeah. a ball. He can, you know, and I think it was interesting seeing where David Moyes played him. Yes. Yeah. In the, the team, last yeah. few, you know what I mean? Just sort of mm. like, you know, knowing that like, you know, he wants him in the team a bit because he gives you that, but he needs to position him 
so he can be effective. So I think it'd be interesting next season. And if it means we keep Declan, then, then that's good as well. I think, you know. Yeah, I, think I, I, keep... I don't think I don't think there's, there's any small part the 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 rise of Declan has been down to Mark Noble's tutelage mm. and, yeah. um, and and by keeping Mark at the club, I think you can only assume that that would encourage Mr. Rice to to stay at the club a little bit longer. Yes, <laughs> you're right after and you're right after Mark goes, yeah, after he, when he retires, you know, in terms of the playing side, you know, I mean, we know Dex. Who, who the club he supports really? Um, yeah. Although, you know, when he, when, he, when he talks and interviews, he's, he has an incredible affection for the club because obviously mm. Chelsea, didn't, Chelsea didn't want him no. when he was a fourteen. I think I think that's the only. I think that's the one thing that I think will nigger him is that like they didn't want him at yeah. fourteen, and yeah. if it helps us, and I think like like you say when he talks about the club like us West Ham, he comes mm. across you know. But I think you're right. I think like when you, when Mark Noble does eventually. You know, retire or leave. It's interesting yeah. to see who who comes through, mm. who's like, and and I think it's really important because of like moving from, you know, the bowling yeah. to London that like we don't forget. Do you know what I mean? And I just think no, I know exactly. But, but anyway, but next to Mark Noble is sorry, Ross. Right. I'm just conscious of time. I can talk forever, mate. I tell you. But I've got a few good ones coming up. That's all. Uh, good. <laughs> no, ne- next to next to Mark Noble is uh Jack Collison. Jack oh, Collison nice. yeah, I think yeah. is is for me, because of injury, he didn't have the career that he deserved. No. You know, I just think he 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 a fantastic player. You know, came from Cambridge, I think. You know, he sort of like he he, he just had a real sort of ability. He reminded me of Michael Carrick. Mm, uh, yeah, Carrick, no, I always yeah. think I always think Carrick was always underrated and oh, still is and still was, even yeah. when he was at United and all of that. But Jack Collison, I think if he didn't have the injury and all that, he he would have had a, a you know he would have gone on and been like a he had a good career with Wales, like he had a good international career. But I think he would have done well for uh, Wales, and I think he would have done really well for West Ham. But the reason I put him in in terms of commentary and it sort of sums it up is that I remember, um, you know, he lost his father tragically yeah. in, a, in a motorcycle accident, I think it was. And uh, he was told after a game, I think it was against Tottenham or something like that. But what what a reason I put it in is that uh, we played Millwall yeah. in the League Cup a few days later. And playing Millwall anyway is a massive game. And to commentate on it, you've got to be careful. You've got to be sort of like, you know, yeah. not not too sort of like biased Partisan, towards West Ham. Yeah, yes, you've, got to, yeah. you've got to sort of like balance it. Because uh, yeah. like I said, sometimes there are away fans listening to what I'm talking about and things like that. So, but I just remember it. I remember it. There was loads of issues going on outside the stadium. There was some issues going on inside the stadium on that night. Mm. It, it was the League Cup. I think it went to extra time and all that. Yeah. But when the final whistle went, I just remember, I think it was Jack Collis, he was just literally in tears. He literally played through so much emotion of the sad, you know, death of his father and all of that and just played through. It just showed me that he, I'm not saying he wouldn't have been like that if it was another team, but I think because we played Millwall, I think the atmosphere was very hostile, very sort of, you know, this is that, this is the team where you want to play and you've got to, whatever costs win, you've got to like, you know, and I just think to commentate on, you know, him leaving, 
the field upset. I remember, you know, mm-hmm. he had a couple of like the I can't remember his name, the guy who was like head of security, always on the tunnel. Oh yeah, yeah, like, ben he was, was there of, as well. He was sort of like, yeah, and Ben, yeah, ben was, you know, and I just remember it, there was fans were trying to get on the pitch to console him, but they were sort mm-hmm. of being misinterpreted as if they were trying to come on of course yeah. and I, think, I think the whole moment always lives with me that like yeah. it summed up jack and i think jack then went on had really bad injuries you know but then he played in the playoff final against blackpool no, he and he got sat and like you know what i mean and he still showed it yeah. up and i just think that he deserves to be in my but that night against millwall was uh mm. was a I moment. actually i asked him about that when i interviewed him um so I didn't because again you know when we in, i spoke to him and it was like we interviewed and i thought I asked about it because obviously, you know, it's a few a few years on. It's you know, it's still not nice. To talk, but he was so thankful, um, and he said, oh, you know, there was no way I wasn't going to play because it was yeah. like my dad was a West massive West Ham fan. He was talking about the Millwall game before we played Tottenham, yeah. and he was going back looking forward to that. And obviously, yeah. that's when he unfortunately died. And he said there was no way I weren't going to play. He says, and I didn't think about it until he said I, I got out of the tunnel. And I think it was Neil Harris, like who he knew quite well, um, put his arm around him, and he was mm. thought he was going to go. But as soon as he crossed that line, he knew he had a job to do. Yeah. And and then as soon as the whistle, you saw as soon as the whistle went, this emotion came out, and you know, Ben and yeah. and um, what's that, were right ready to to sort of call him off. But Shuffle, said, yeah, get, get him, yeah, get him yeah, yeah, yeah. But he said it had to do it, and nah, yeah. and I said, yeah, and, and you know, I think that that will all forever endear him to the West Ham fans. Mm. Because everyone there has been in that situation where they've lost someone, yeah. and yeah. to do that and still put in a good performance and still beat Mill, you know, it's like you know, it's still winning, yeah, that you know, was, you, know you sort of yeah, yeah, but uh, but right. no, yeah, so he's in. So then, either side of Collison yeah. and Noble, this is where it could go a four three three, but right, no with parade license, uh, I'm going to go for uh, Joe Cole. Yep, which may there isn't there wasn't. Only for the, this is again. I think Joe Cole, fantastic player. That, yeah. You know, you heard about him when he was really young. You heard all about did, what, yeah, yeah. potential and everything. But what makes me, you know, and this is different for me, and it may not be everyone's viewpoint, but mm. what makes Joe Cole different to say some other players? I'm not going to mention any names. Is that he started with us? He then left us, but when he came back, he came yeah. back. And the reason I'm putting him in in terms of commentary, I just remember his his first two goals once he returned. The yeah, passion. Yeah. If you ever watch him on YouTube, yeah, I think yeah. one was the answer. I can't think of the other. But the passion of when he scored, he literally took his top off, slid into the corner. You know, it showed real passion for West Ham. Mm. And this, this yeah. is a player that had started with us, had a good career, then moved on, it's did well in his other clubs, did all that... Mm. Went, you know, and then come back, but still had that passion, still had that sort of like young hammer in him that loved the club. And like he scored a few goals when he came back, not many, but whenever you watch him, the passion in after scoring was amazing. And you just felt that like you could almost forgive him for going off and winning this and doing that. Do you know what I mean? Because he literally, and then when you listen to him now, when he does his media work and things like that, he speaks very well. You know, and he, yeah. he, he like talks very well about when he's asked about West Ham and like the mm. academy of the club and what needs to happen and, and all of that. And there was talk of him coming in 
to some mm. sort of coaching role, I believe, uh, when Moyes came back originally. I think I'm not 100 percent sure. I think there was. I think but they were basically looking at anyone, anyone who had Rio, some. Sort of, me and you Rio, could have had a chance. Me and exactly. you could have had a chance. You know, I could have shown them. <laughs> Bit, showing something a bit different in the last third. <laughs> but no, so he makes it in because, like, yeah. trying to explain that to the listeners, who, mm. and some of them would have been, like, begrudging someone like him coming back, you know. And, like, we know certain players left. You know, we could all make a good 11 of players that were in the academy and then went on and won things. Do you know what I mean? You could, you could have them in. And, like, you know, I've got a list of players that could have been in this for other reasons. But Joe Cole makes it in. Because he still showed that he had the passion for the club, yeah. When he returned after what he had all that success, and mm. and he's a you know he's a nice guy as well, you know, really yeah. down to our nice girl. He's done a lot of uh, charity work, I think, in the lockdown situation nice and all of that. Ages, so, yeah. so he, he's he's in there. So so alongside, so I've got Collison, Noble, Cole. Then I've got three more players, and I'll try and not be quick, but quicker than the last <laughs> seven or eight. <laughs> right, so in the midfield could be on the other side, uh, or he could play in the three with the, the other two I'm going to name afterwards, is uh, Mikel Antonio. Uh, yeah. Purely and simply because I'm trying to get, not because I'm trying to get a wide range of the 20 years, but <laughs> Mikel Antonio is in because he's a, he, he never gives up. No. He tries, I think, after the, after many years now with him, we're all panicking when he gets the ball and makes a 20-yard run. <laughs> is he going to finish it? Is he going to make it? Whatever. But he scored, although some people... like He didn't score the very first goal at the London Stadium. No, he didn't. That was, in, that was, yeah. So it was sort of a... But, uh, uh, but, but he scored the very first Premier League goal. He did. Bournemouth? Bournemouth, correct. Near the last minute, I think. He scored. He scored really late on because I remember, like Bournemouth, the sort of like you know, we had all the you know, hoo ha of that Inter yeah. Super or whatever Europa qualifying cup, the Juventus, all that, and then we're playing Bournemouth, and we're still nil nil at about eighty eight minutes. You know, you yeah. sort of think like, what's this new stadium? It's gonna say, well, West Ham. <laughs> so, so there was that moment, but the biggest moment I like is bearing in mind that the listeners are getting used to the new stadium. And their yes. new surroundings and everything's changing. And we all yeah, know it's not quite West Ham. You know, yeah. although the coloured seats are claret and blue and things like that. But I remember, yeah. I think it was last season, beginning of last season, I can't exactly remember when, but they laid a carpet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They finally and laid exactly a carpet mean, to, yeah. make, to make sure it looked like a claret and blue. And I remember describing it to the listeners just before kick-off and all that. And I'd lucky enough, I can go down to like the corner bit and go on. Yeah. So I had a little fit, and I thought it's proper. It's like proper. It's proper. I can do this at my house. It's, you know? it's nice, isn't it? It's, it's a nice carpet. Like. But then what happened was Antonio scored a goal, yeah. and if you remember, he literally yeah. and he was going through all these celebrations, and they're really yeah. good to commentate on. You know, the Simpsons, the Bart Simpsons, the yeah. sort of French Prince Bel Air or whatever it's called, and all the sort of other things. You know, uh, but. In that, he's literally laid down and started stroking the sort of um, new carpet and all of that. And to try and describe that, to them, it was, I just thought, how can I be saying that there's a professional footballer scored a goal and is now laying on a carpet stroking? Like, where does that fit in? It was like James Bond-esque villain. Oh, you've been expecting yeah, me. You know, it's you like... know, I finally arrived. You know, you sort of think, we're playing, we're playing the Premier League here. Oh. So, so Antonio makes it in for that moment of uh, commentary for him. 
so yeah and and I, you know like i said earlier on i just think like you know he, he's you know since we come back after lockdown you know yeah, thank God he was in the team. Yeah, thank God for him. Although the only thing I'm surprised about, James, he hasn't done yet since obviously Kevin Nolan's been on board, is he hasn't mm. done the chicken dance as a celebration. I've said it before. Yeah. And Mikel yeah. is so obvious. It's like it's almost it's, too obvious. Yeah. Too you know obvious I mean? to do, but it needs to be done. You've got oh, Kevin yeah. Nolan on the back. Yeah, you know, you exactly. But what I think he should do is rather than sort of, I reckon he should resurrect sort of like old celebrations like the Roger Miller uh, Italia 90 yeah, which I got yeah, yeah, actually yeah. I did I did that once at school and got reprimanded by my headmaster <laughs> stop making an exhibition of yourself button and get back to the corner because I, I was in goal I remember that because it was like again we divert I was in goal and I got injured and we didn't have any sub any subs so I ended up playing up front and scored a brace and won the game as, as you would do you know yeah. and, and I remember that but no like Roger Miller like even like the Alan Shearer one you yeah. know I think that's I think there's no one's done that no one's yeah. like done sort of like yeah you know a review that's a good idea. Of, i like that i like that that's it. i like that a lot Very mikhail good. i'm i'm look hook me up you know i can help yeah. you out you know and obviously yeah. the kevin nolan dance should be the first game he needs to do it. he needs to do yes, that he do. needs to do anyway, that. Mikhail, mikhail's in Carry yeah he's in. in right and then the last two um i'm going for dimitri pyatt yeah uh very simply all right it ended on a sour note and i remember being in the press room when Bilic spoke about the situation and yeah. he spoke so well. Slavan Bilic, I like Slavan Bilic a lot. He spoke really well about the Pyatt situation. But again, I just recalling it in commentary to try and describe a type of player, yeah. similar to like Carlos Tevez and all of that, but yeah. try and describe Pyatt and the listeners and the flamboyance and the sort of like, sometimes arrogance, but in a nice way of like trying. Confidence. confidence. Yeah, yeah, the confidence. Yeah, yeah. But I remember one occasion, which we'll all remember, is the free kick against Crystal Palace at Upton Park. Yeah, how could you possibly like, come and that, that, that? That, that is just like, well, I, like, I'll tell you exactly what happened. That's why he's in my Hammers 11. Yeah. Is that I remember they set up a long wall. And they I remember, think, they, I thought at the time they had about six or seven, but I think it turned out they had about eight in it when you look back at it. <laughs> yeah. They set it up. And I remember saying like, oh, Pyatt's going to have a go here. It's obvious. You know, Palace have like got everyone back in the box, but they've got a large wall, blah, blah, blah. Right, he's gonna. Right, it was along the lines of, right, yeah, everyone's ready. To me, could do with a goal here. Ste- he steps up. Oh, it's gone wide. Oh, right, literally, it, like literally, I was like saying it had gone wide. Yeah. The, the way he took it, my first initial because where I sat at Upton Park, as you know, the press box, because yeah. it was to the left of me. Yes. So yeah, tra- me, yeah, yeah. So Trevor Brooking stand. I had a really good angle of it. A really good angle of it. And when he kicked it, I swear, I thought it was going into the away end. It was yeah. like, it was like, it literally, but it moved so quick that it literally just went in that top. And I remember it was probably one of the only occasions, not, not the only, but very rare, where I just didn't say anything. I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I literally, I remember going back saying, it's a goal, by the way. You know what I mean? It's like, he scored it. It was an unbelievable free kick. And that's what you've got with Pyatt. You've got moments of like magic. Oh, yeah. You know, and you sort of like, and again, it was like typical being a West Ham fan, like in the World Cup when he played really well for France, you know, everyone's on board, like, you know, we've got the best player in the world, we're going to do this, we're going to do that, we're going to, you know what I mean? You sort of think like, here we go again, we're building ourselves up, Yeah. when are we going to come back down? <laughs> Yes, exactly. Because you're right, because Real Madrid, you know, it's like, no, we're not yeah. going to take less than 60, 70 no, million no, for him. It's like, 
It's, but but yeah, he he makes it in for that free kick alone. Yeah. And there was other occasions he scored. I think he scored a good goal at the London Stadium. Can't forget against who that. Yeah, was against the Middlesbrough. Yeah, a lot of play, yeah, <laughs> and all that. But yeah, it was just a shame the way it ended. But he still makes my team for that. And then my final player uh, is uh, Paolo Di Canio. Has to be. Yeah. Um, for a number of reasons. Uh, when I got the call from the club, mm. uh, would I be interested in doing a test run? We've heard, we've seen the advert. We've had a lot of interest. They had some guy, I can't remember his name. You're talking like, you know, in two, year 2000, uh, who was doing stuff for the internet or doing something. And he was going to commentate on the first half of this game. And I would do the second half. And the game turned out to be West Ham against Bradford. The famous five four, brilliant. Who'd have called? Like you know, someone up there was looking at me, thinking, <laughs> "You need a break, James. We're going to give it to you. Do the second half." And I'm thinking, "My God!" So like, I'm I'm sitting at this time. I'm still sat in the Bobby Moore lower. I've got yeah. like this microphone thing. I'm still sitting next to my brother, and I'm now sort of like I've got other people from the club listening to me or something, and it just turns out to be one of the best games you would need as a commentator because it had yeah. everything it had so much, even yeah. beforehand like you know stephen bywater had to come on pretty early leg. on yeah 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 you know, it was like it was sort of all and it was like and the thing was the second half it gave you that sort of like you know we were four two down to bradford we pulled yeah. it back to five four there was the canio arguing with lampard about the penalty but even yeah. before then he wanted a penalty every time he went in the box yeah, and yeah, started, yeah. you know calling to harry i'm coming off I'm yeah. coming off the pit, you know. So there was so much going on to talk about that it was just like a brilliant game to yeah, commentate dream, on yeah, as a yeah. test, as a tester for you. And then, like, you know, I remember, I remember vividly, and I double checked this prior to coming on because I always remember he argued with Lampard to take the penalty, mm -hmm. and uh, it was like a real crucial time. Yeah. And I think it was like, right, okay. And then in the end, he took it, and he, yeah, in typical Decanio style just nonchalantly just walked up and slid it in, you know, yeah. lovely, like, you know, thing. but what I think not people forget, but like, obviously he's then had that argument with Lampard and but Lampard got the winner to make it five, four, mm. but Di Canio was the one that got sent the ball through, held it up at the edge of, and slid it across to Lampard <laughs> instead of trying to create an opening for himself. I sort of yeah. think Di Canio still in his mind, Despite the fact that, like, whether he knew and thought, like, oh, he gave me the penalty, I'll try and get it to him. And, yeah. and Lampard slid it in the top corner. It was just a moment. And then, obviously, you know, he's sort of, Di Canio's a fan's favourite. Yeah. You know, he's got West Ham in his, in his blood, I think. You know, I don't know how. I think he's just grateful that Harry gave him the chance after all exactly. that yeah. Yeah. nonsense with, uh, you know, Sheffield, uh, Sheffield Wednesday mm -hmm. and, and the pushing of the ref and all that. But he... Di Canio makes it in because, again, similar to like Julian Dix when I was saying earlier on about the advert, mm. if I didn't have Julian Dix in that game on that advert, if I didn't have had Di Canio yeah. yeah. against Bradford, I may not, I could have had a boring nil-nil to commentate yeah, you on. Yeah, could have had, yeah. And commentating and everything, especially audio description and like, you are bringing colour to like my listeners. They can't yeah. see, so you have to be a bit descriptive. Mm. You know, it's a real, it's a real sort of, you know, because I've got to know over the years other radio commentators and things mm. like that, and they're really keen on listening on how I do it, and it is pretty similar, but yeah. you just have to remember to add in things, yeah, that that like, you know, they may not say on the radio, 
you know, like, you know, the players, what colour boots they're wearing. You know, mm-hmm. if we sign a new player, you know, what nationality they are, you know, what do they look like? Do they have any distinguished sort of features like, you know, mm-hmm. like, you know, various players over the years with different haircuts and things sure. like that, you know, and then if someone's warming up, who's actually warming up on the touchline? Because they will suddenly hear and sort of sound and they're thinking, why are they warming what's, what's happening? Like, what's yeah. happening? And although you've got to do the game, you're sort of like, you know, and that's why I sort of like, you know, people like Michael who helped me out on a match day and John who did it before Michael, they're really big helps because you can imagine trying to do it on your own. And I did it on my own for about eight or 10 years. Mm. And then eventually I said, look, this is getting, because we were building it. It was like, yeah, you know, I know I sound, I can talk for a long time, but. No, so, uh, and that's funny. That's funny. As you talk about, talk about the Bradford game, um, I interviewed and I, I watched it again actually because I'm not, not narcissistic or anything, but but it just came up and I thought, oh, I watched that. It was a John, I interviewed John Moncur, and we spoke about the um, that 5 4 game because he scored and I knew that he then let a penalty straight away in, like literally caught. I think he tackled um, Jamie Lawrence and, and, and gave a penalty away. And he said that. He said it was just the most craziest game he's ever been involved in. And he and, he, and Harry ripped shreds into him at half-time <laughs> because he'd scored and given it away. And he's like, oh, I'd, even, even that game, I just literally sat back and just laughed. I just thought it was such a funny game. I mean, yeah. To be honest, Paolo should have had two penalties. You know, oh. he went down four times. He should have had yeah. two of them. But yeah, uh, yeah. yeah no, no. It's pretty, no. so funny, but it's, that's the thing. It's fun going back and looking, and particularly you said, you know, going back and double checking, and, yeah. and and actually going back, you, you see something else. You know, it's like a movie that you watch a movie oh, two yeah. or three times, yeah, and right. you see some more nuances. Yeah, in there, you pick which, up things, and you just yeah, sort of, oh, blimey, like you know. But and that's why I think that like, you know what you what you're doing on this channel. Like even when I listen to the others. I sort of like you say you go and check things you know what i mean it's just really good oh, to just, sort of like... i just love i just love it because i just love going off on tangents yeah yeah because it, and you know you just i said it the other day where well, i can't remember chatting to and then we're not talking about papa booper diop it's like papa booper diop would never have come up in conversation if we were just talking about west ham's greatest 11 <laughs> you know what i mean but he played a fair few games for west ham at that t- at time and he should have a name check, you know, same yeah. as Abdullah Faye. Yeah. And, you know, I take the Mickey where it's, I say, you know, no, I take no. Mickey where, I've got, where, where I say, you know, I, I couldn't probably Bobby Moore, I have to say Javier Margas. But yeah. I mean, Javier Margas, you know, he, he turned out for the Claren Blue and got his yeah, he hair. He liked to do his hair. I remember he did his hair, didn't he? So, I know, I know. But, I forgot uh, he jumped out right, the window. It's, it's, <laughs> but it's very, it's, it, it's, it is strange because even like, you know, even prior to us getting in touch over the last few days, I sort of like watched the channel and been looking and thinking, oh, what, who would I have? Who would I? And you, you go back and you sort of think, oh, there are yeah. players that actually people will probably not forget about, but until they're reminded, actually remember, oh, actually, yeah. they might have only played for a season or two, you know, they actually did well for us. Yeah. They were the right fit at the right time. And also, I think with some players, just the position they play mean they don't get the same credit. So, And that's why when I interview the players, it's always interesting because people that appear in their team don't normally appear, appear in others. So mm. someone like Pete Butler, for example, yeah. he is yeah. a lovely bloke. He texts yeah. me all the time. We're good friends now. But he never appears in... He was yeah. special to me, the first player I've ever met. But mm. for others, he's not in their team because yeah. he was just there, um, yeah. where all the players put him in. Same as uh, Hayden Mullins is the same. Yeah. I mean, when they interviewed Luke Chadwick, he put him right back just to get him in the team, you know, yeah. and so, yeah. and it's, I think it's you're interesting. Right. I think you're right, because there are the obvious ones, and that's why I like sort of listening to a lot of yours, because you get different, and you're reminded yeah. of players, you know, that, you know, there are certain players that will always play, you know, like Julian Dix, I've got him in mind, and he'd be in the majority of everyone of else's. Of course. You know, but there are other players, you know, and, and it's, it's just sort of interesting to sort of, 
listen to people. And I think that's what, what has helped is that you then get reminded of like the actual history of the club. Yeah. And like, yeah, you know, what, I've learned what, so much. What, what, what had gone on and like, you know, what does go on and what I like yeah. about it. And you probably see it, uh, Ross, a bit. A lot of the old players come back now. West Ham finally yeah. got a grip of actually yeah. using the ex-players a lot for like, okay, it may be corporate or whatever, but they do bring a bit of a buzz, even in the press lounge. Definitely. You know, you they all sit together, they all, but they've all got time for everyone. You know, yeah. they'll always have a word or say, you know, have a photo. You know, and like you're talking players like, you know, Stuart Slater, you know, Lomas, you know, all of them, yeah. you know, that are like, you know, good players in their time. You know, like the players I, I could have put in, like my, my actual Hammers 11, from a personal, real sort of like, not you know what I mean? It's just I just it's it's a very difficult one, but that's my hammers eleven from a commentator's and, point and that's of view. and that's what and also I think that's why people that's why I always think because you know you, you're right you know your your favourite eleven will be different, but mm. actually it might be trickier to write your favourite eleven because there's so many players you could put in. Where I think because you, when you put a, a theme or you attach something, it's slightly yeah. more easier because it's you're slightly. Oh yeah, definitely. But definitely, um, definitely. Oh, it's been James. It's been it's been lovely. No. As you said, the time has flown by. Yeah, you know lovely. I mean? it's, it's funny. You. I don't even look, and at the end, I'm like, oh god, a minute, you know. <laughs> now no, thank you, thank you for brilliant. allowing me to. Uh, be on your channel. Oh, and don't be ridiculous. Don't be ridiculous. It's an it's absolute nice. pleasure. Thank you for your service. You know, tw- 20 years, you get less for murder nowadays. But, um, <laughs> in it. So, no, and everyone appreciates what you do. It's, it's lovely chatting. No, and no, obviously, thank you to everyone for, for watching. You know, like, share, subscribe, all that type of stuff. Um, and until next time, for me and James, take care, everyone. Stay safe. Come on, you irons. And we'll see you again very, very soon. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye. Cheers. Sports Social Podcast Network.